Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 30 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. We're coming to you from Tampa, Florida, and I appreciate you spending some time with me for episode 30. Uh, Interesting story I want to share with you. Uh, Kind of might surprise some people living in Tampa, but I am a huge hockey fan. I grew up in the Northeast, and I'm fortunate that uh, not only do we have a team down here in Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but we have a good team. And uh, my wife and I are half-season ticket holders, so we attend quite a few games. And after a recent game, uh, we are stopped uh, at a local restaurant to grab something to eat. And I look on the screen, and one of the players is being interviewed at his locker, and I notice the hat he's wearing. And he's wearing a baseball cap with the Lightning logo on it. But unlike the uh, regular colors of the Lightning, which are uh, royal blue and white, this cap is lavender with this silver lightning bolt at the front. And on the side, it says hockey fights cancer. And I know that I believe back in November of 2015, the National Hockey League sponsored for every team a uh, cancer awareness night. So I assume that that's where this uh, hat came from. And of course, being a cancer survivor, I had to have the hat. And I immediately pull out my phone, start looking online, can't find it anywhere. So I contacted uh, the gentleman that handles my uh, our, our season tickets, and I said, where can I buy one of those Hockey Fights Cancer hats? And he said, let me get back to you. And I explained that I was a survivor, and I really wanted really wanted this hat. And uh, he said, I'll do some checking and, and get back to you. So he called me back several days later and said, I found your hat. And I was like, great, what do I owe you? And uh, he said, nothing. He said, congratulations on being a survivor. The hat's on us. So I was very excited to have this hat that can't be found anywhere. Wore it to the last game. People were stopping me on the concourse asking, where did you get the hat? So if you want to see what a Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey Fights Cancer hat looks like, it is posted on the Colon Cancer Podcast Facebook page as well as my personal Facebook page. So thank you to the Tampa Bay Lightning for being uh, so supportive into the National Hockey League for uh, increasing and keeping the focus on uh, finding a cure for cancer. Uh, f- turning to the event calendar, things going on in the colon cancer community. I'm really excited for the first of 2016 upcoming Undie Run Walk. will be in my hometown of Tampa, Florida on the first Saturday of February, February the 6th at Al Lopez Park. Uh, Lee's superheroes will be out in full force in our Batman gear. So come on out if you're in the uh, west coast of Florida area. We'd love to have you uh, come out and join us for the first Undie Run Walk of 2016. Coming up on Wednesday night, February the 17th, will be a webinar uh, hosted by the Colon Cancer Alliance. And the webinar will be covering a very important topic uh, we'll be uh, recapping the latest trending information coming out of January's American Society of Clinical Oncology Conference Gastrointest- Gastrointestinal Cancer Symposium. And they'll be sharing the latest updates on treatment and research, patients' care, etc. 
Uh, for more information, click on the events tab on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that will be an online webinar Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. East Coast time, uh, February the 17th. And the second undie of the year takes place on Saturday, February the 27th. We're heading from Tampa all the way out west to Sacramento, California. And their undie run walk takes place at William Land Park at 8 a.m. So if you are in the Northern California area and want to participate in a terrific event, again, also go on the Colon Cancer Alliance website for more information on the Undie Run Walk in Sacramento on the 27th of February. My guest this week is Marty Andrews. Back in 2009, uh, Marty was diagnosed with stage three rectal cancer at the age of 33. And like so many young people, he really had to be an advocate for himself. He was uh, being told by doctors, and I just hear this story just way too often. Oh, you know, take some fiber, take some stool softeners, not thinking that a young person at the age of 33 could possibly have colorectal cancer. Fast forward to 2016, uh, Marty will tell you that uh, his life is better than ever. And he now uh, is generous with his time. He serves as a buddy volunteer for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Uh, In 2014, he was chosen as one of the 12 models for Colon Club's annual colander. So Marty was Mr. July. And uh, if you want to see that photo, it is on the web posting for this podcast at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You'll find it there. But join me now for my conversation with Marty Andrews. Good morning, Marty. Thanks so much for spending some time with you this morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Good. So I'm looking over all of the articles and write-ups uh, that I found about you and it looks like you're coming up on seven years since you were first diagnosed. Uh, take me back to that time. Gosh, it, it's really wild to hear that it's been uh, been almost seven years because in, in some ways it seems like it was yesterday and in other ways it seems like it was a lifetime ago. But uh, I was diagnosed on May 12th of, of 2009. Um, I was 33 years old. I didn't have any, any family history or anything like that. And it was a, it was a very long road to, to getting diagnosed and then, of course, afterwards. Um, but I was going to the doctor for, I would say it was about nine months prior to my, my getting diagnosed. Um, I was experiencing just some uh, unusual bowel symptoms, uh, having to go frequently, uh, feeling like I had to go and, and not going. Uh, so I went to the doctor, um, and, you know, I was a big, a big fan of going to the doctor. So it, it definitely was bothering me enough that I, I took that first step. And when I got in there, I was, pleasantly surprised to hear that, uh, you know, take some fiber and, and you should be all right. Um, my symptoms didn't go away. So I kept on going back and got a stool softener, this and that. And I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, something's not right. This is, this is going on too long. Um, so I got very adamant with the doctors that, you know, I, I need to see some, some progress here, uh, which was a good thing. Cause that got me into seeing a GI specialist who, who thought that I had Crohn's colitis and doing my own research online, um, I thought that might be a, a possibility. Uh, and then at that point, they wanted to uh, give me a colonoscopy just to to confirm that. So at that point, I was 
open arms, bring on the colonoscopy, let's figure out what's going on. Uh, I definitely wasn't prepared for, for what happened afterwards. I remember getting wheeled out of the room and the doctor said, um, you know, I have bad news, you have cancer. Um, and I, at that time, thought that that, that was a, a death sentence in my day were numbered and all those things that no one wants to think about were, were running through my mind. Um, I remember the crazy thing about that 10 minutes later, I'm back out in the world and don't really have a lot of answers. And the long road of uh, doctor's visits and coming up with a plan started at that point. I see. And uh, what was the diagnosis? What stage were you? I was diagnosed with stage three rectal cancer. I see. So did you, uh, was it the standard treatment protocol of chemotherapy and radiation? Yes, I had um, a chemo pump with radiation um, and then a, a surgery, uh, uh, which left me with a temporary uh, ostomy bag that I had for about a year, I think, in, in total. And then uh, after that, I went through six months of chemo, went through the last surgery to uh, uh, the reversal. And then, uh, you know, just this the standard checkups after that's kind of been the road. Sounds easy health. now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Goodness. We all know that that's not the case. Uh, so how's your health today? Uh, my health today is good. Um, you know, I've trimmed back on the, uh, the doctor visits. I see my oncologist, uh, once a year now. And I remember, you know, hearing that point and hitting that, that five year, uh, mark of course is, is a big win. So that was, that was very exciting. Um, but life is definitely back to normal and, and better than ever. Uh, I don't think my, my bowels fully recovered, uh, but definitely not, um, troubling me to the point prior to my diagnosis. So it's, it's my new normal. Good for you. It's wonderful news to hear. You, you, you mentioned something interesting that I hear often, Marty, and you talked about, I know my body, I know it's not right. And even though you said, you're not one that spent a whole lot of time going to doctors. You didn't hesitate to advocate for yourself. I talk to many people uh, through the podcast, and I see posts in the Colon Cancer Alliance Facebook group, Blue Hope Nation, of many people being deferential to doctors, not wanting to rock the boat, kind of putting them up on a pedestal and having this hesitancy to speak up. Uh, talk about that. Talk about how you came to be your own advocate and what advice would you give to other people that may uh, have that bit of hesitation? Uh, I, I think, um, you know, I, I had to become my, my own advocate because it was really running my life. I mean, everywhere I went, uh, the first thing I wanted to do was find out where the bathroom was. Uh, I traveled for work, so I was sitting in the back of the plane, uh, not necessarily having to go, but knowing the comfort of that bathroom being there. So it was getting to the point where it, it was that I just, I, I couldn't deal with it. So that was the driving force uh, with the doctors. And of course, I, I respect the medical field and, and, and what they do. And, you know, I've been asked that question before, like, how crazy you were diagnosed to take fiber when you, when you had cancer. And, you know, as a 33-year-old uh, healthy male, I, I ran a half marathon three months before being diagnosed. So I, I don't necessarily think it's um, appropriate for someone to come in with bowel symptoms and, and give them a colonoscopy day one. So I, I do get that that piece of it. Of course, there is the frustration when, when things aren't moving. I wish maybe they would have progressed um, a little bit uh, faster. But I think you just have to be aggressive and, and, and trust your body. 
Um, and even once I was diagnosed, the, the battle with the doctors didn't didn't stop there. I remember, you know, walking out of there and given a number to to call the doctor, and they said they had an opening like 30 days later. And I'm like, am I even going to be alive in 30 days? Like, uh, so I had a meltdown and, and was just very aggressive with with calling and getting on the lists for if there were for cancellations. But I think it's it's very very important. And I think when I read the statistics of you know, traditionally, a lot of people being older, I, I worried whether they had the um, the aggression and the uh, the drive to to fight through a lot of these battles that you have to go through. In one of the articles, Marty, it, you, there was a quote that you said, "You learn what matters most in life, who loves you, and who you can live without." Talk about how this uh, journey has changed you, and where that quote came from. I, I really you know, strongly feel that way that it, sometimes it takes something bad in life to, to bring out the good. I mean, we see it in society all the time, how, you know, uh, uh, we have tragedies happening all over the world and in the U.S. On a, on a regular basis. And you see the communities bond together and everyone, I think, is is really caring individuals and we, we look out for each other. Um, but we forget we get caught up in the day to day life and we're, we're moving fast paced and go here and go there. Um, but these tragedies and these things that happen make us slow down and, and, and realize things. And uh, I think for me, um, I never felt more loved and more supported. And I'm so thankful for that. But there was, you know, moments in time where I'm like, gosh, why, why did it? Why does it take something like this to happen uh, for people to express that stuff? Um, but either way, it is it is a great feeling and it was a great thing to, to have that support. Speaking of support, uh, you spend quite a bit of time now uh, in providing support to others. And I see, like myself, that you uh, spend time as a buddy volunteer for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Uh, how did What role did the Colon Cancer Alliance play in your journey? Uh, the, the Colon Clan Cancer Alliance was, was definitely very helpful. I, I don't think I was someone that wanted to dive headfirst into, into talking to people. I'm a little bit of an introvert, definitely analyze a lot of things. So there was a little uh, playground on there, CRC Connections, where I got on and started reading people's stories. Um, and then once I got a little more comfortable and wrapped my head around everything that was going on, um, I reached out and, and asked to be connected with a buddy. Um, and then I realized how, how helpful that was to talk to someone, because I think the biggest thing, you've, you feel alone, uh, you feel like... Uh, no one understands and like you're almost some sort of crazy monster or something, um, the, the way that people are looking at you and feeling sorry for you. So it was super helpful for me to to talk to someone uh, that had a successful journey. It, it gave me a lot of hope. And I knew, uh, you know, I told myself at that time, if, if I can get through this, I definitely want to give back and be able to help and, and support people as well. And I find it, find it very rewarding anytime I could talk to to someone and, and help them through their journey. And I'm sure it's even more rewarding for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, a great thing that works both ways. So you just described yourself as an introvert, yet you were one of the models for the colon clubs colander. How did that come to be about? Well, yeah, that was definitely, uh, not something I, I think I would do, um, pre pre cancer journey, but, much like the, the Colon Cancer Alliance, the Colon Club was something that I had stumbled across. And it was really great for me being, 
you know, young to see all these young faces and young people living life just like me. So I read through every story and I was so inspired and I thought it was so great uh, to see these people uh, getting through their, their, their journey and, and, and reading their, their stories. So again, I made a promise with myself um, that I, if I can get through this, I will uh, apply to, to give back and, and share my story as well. When I did that, I didn't think that I would actually be selected and have to go through it. So when I got the phone call, I was uh, a little caught off track and, uh, oh my gosh, what did I really get myself into? Uh, but it definitely was a, a great experience, something that, that changed me a lot. But yes, on the Marty, the person isn't uh, someone who's interested in modeling, uh, especially showing your scars in a calendar. So, uh, but it was for a great cause and, and I met a lot of great people and uh, it's something very special to me. So how often do you go up to people and go, hey, I'm a model? <laughs> they're, they're definitely not expecting it. People who know me in my uh, in my day life or at work, they're like, what? <laughs> one of the other quotes uh, that I pulled from uh, one of your interviews uh, really, uh, really grabbed my attention. And you said, I plan for the future, but I live for today. Talk about that. I think that that is definitely uh, the new Marty, the, the the changing of me. Because uh, through this journey, you you realize that uh, there's no guarantee for tomorrow. So I think it's important that you focus on on what's happening today and not plan out too far ahead or or, or living in the the past. Um, but with that said, I'm not living a reckless, crazy life. Um, I do plan on being here for for a, a great amount of time. But uh, take, taking advantage of those moments day in and day out are, are very important. What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Oh, gosh. Um, free time, I, I just got a puppy who, who soaks up a, a lot of my time. We obviously had some obstacles just, just getting this interview done. She's being good now, so I hope she stays on that track. Uh, <laughs> but I also enjoy um, running, uh, traveling. I try to play a little little golf every now and again. Um, I'm a big Seahawks fan. I'm originally from Seattle, so there's no more football for me at this point in the year. But uh, I, I do enjoy uh, watching the Seahawks and follow them very closely as well. They've had a good run. Uh, the other article that really grabbed my attention: you were interviewed in Health Monitor Guide to Chemotherapy. And in that article, they asked you several questions regarding how you managed uh, going through chemotherapy. And as I was reading it, I said, boy, these are a lot of questions that I see posted in the Blue Hope Nation Facebook group and, and other online groups. So if it's OK, I'd like to kind of go back and ask you the questions that were posted in the article and, and you give me your thoughts on them. Sure. Sure. Uh, the, the first one, uh, well, for, first, I got a little ahead of myself. How did it, how did you come to be, uh, interviewed for this article? Uh, I was, uh, contacted through the, the colon club. They had communicated that they were looking, um, for someone much like this podcast. I, I am connected kind of through, through Facebook and, and email. So I'll, I'll get a lot of different things uh, to be a part of. So I, I try to take advantage of all of them. And again, like I said, I'm very passionate about, about giving back and, and supporting anyone. So uh, it came my way and I, I said, sure, I'll do that. So the, the first question talks about 
yeah, your taste buds and what to eat. And boy, I see this a lot in the group. People going, you know, I'm craving, uh, you know, a cheeseburger, but I read that meat's going to give me cancer again. And, you know, I really like a candy bar and uh, sugar causes cancer. Talk about your approach to uh, the first, the first uh, statement says treat your taste buds. So talk about that. Uh, I think maybe I might have been lucky to have a doctor that told me keeping my weight on is an, an important and any food is, is good food. And I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not claiming that everyone should do that. But that was what was told to me. So I ran with it. Um, and, uh, you know, I actually ended up gaining weight through. Which I, I know it's kind of odd, um, but if I don't eat right and exercise and things, I'll, I'll tend to put on put on weight. And I wasn't exercising and uh, I didn't eat really good the, the week that I had chemo. But when I started feeling better, um, you know, I was I was eating and, and enjoying what what I was um, with that. There are some things that I ate during chemo that are no longer uh, very appealing to me now. So I would definitely caution someone if you really like something now, don't indulge in that too much um, during that time. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, negative association, yes, something yes. like that. Huh? There's, there's some connections and, and flashbacks of things for sure. I understand. But your doctor was okay if you were up to it and felt, uh, you know, felt like having a, ham- a cheeseburger and fries. He was totally fine with that, wasn't yep. he? Yep. So the next thing that's mentioned in the article, you said, ask what's next. Talk about that. Uh I'm trying to remember that that question exactly. Um, when you say, I, th- I think you were talking about daydreaming, thinking about the future, those kinds of things. Oh, that okay. Get you yeah, yeah. Thank you for for getting me back on track here. Um, I, I used, you know, not living in the moment because it's obviously not a not a fun experience and a fun time of life. But looking forward to um, and making plans for things that you're going to do after you're no longer going through through treatment, I, I think was really important to me. Uh, to help push me through some of those rough, dark times, um, just just make plans and, and things that you want to do, and and uh, you know it, it's fun to think about those those things. Plan something uh, to really look forward to. Yeah. Uh, once you get through. Yeah, I think it's just like uh, everyday life. We we have goals that we set out for ourselves and, and strive to achieve them. I, I think using that same philosophy while you're going through treatment is is a good thing. Were you able to do any kind of exercise through your treatment? Uh, I did some walking. Like I said, I'm, I've been a runner for, for a number of years, pre-cancer and even now uh, today, uh, but not not extensive uh, stuff. I, uh, I, I definitely, I, I struggled. Uh, I, I maintained going to work, uh, so that was really what kept me on track and I would I see that in, in communities where people don't work or they or they do work and I, I think you gotta listen to your body once again. But for me it was very important to to get up each day and, and shower and, and go in, and go into work and they made some adjustments with my job to to help support me through this. Um, but that was a, a key part uh, for me to to stay on track. Otherwise I, I know myself I would have gone into a really deep depression, kind of dark place. So it was good to have try, try to main, try to maintain some sort of normal daily routine. Yeah, it is a good distraction, isn't it? Agreed. Sometimes you know, and even uh, I think the crazy thing about chemo is as you go through the treatments one after one after one, you you know exactly what day you're not going to feel good, and it's a little worse uh, each time. So sometimes if you can just take a nap and just you know, it's just a big game with the the clock to try and try and get through that. You talked about reading for encouragement. 
How did that help you? Uh, oddly, I'm I'm not a huge uh, reader, but, but you know, not feeling good, I had to, to do something besides watch TV. Um, I'm I'm a big sports fan, uh, so I actually read some a lot of autobiographies about uh, people that had gone through struggles with with health issues and and things like that. Um, so those really motivated me too, as much like you know some of those articles that I read on uh, people making it making it through their their journey. Uh, but to see professional athletes, you know, go through some of these these struggles and and things like that, it 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 just encouraged you and, and keeps you positive. And you wound up actually connecting with a professional athlete uh, as a result. I did. Um, it was it was Josh Bidwell, um, a, a punter for the uh, the Buccaneers at the time. Uh, he went through testicular cancer, and I I read his book, and he had a foundation. So I just kind of sent him an email, not thinking anything of it, explaining that I'm going through a journey, and I appreciated reading his story. And he replied back to me, and uh, oddly through email, he's like, "Hey, let's catch up and chat on the phone." So I, I yeah, I got a chance to to talk to him. So that was a great experience as well. Oh, how cool is that? Wow. Yeah. Well, as we get to, uh, towards the near or near the end of our conversation, a question that I ask all of the people that have been through the journey, like like we have, Marty, is is this? You know, if someone were to tune in and listen to the podcast for the first time, and either they themselves or someone that they care deeply about recently received the news that you received almost seven years ago, that I received myself almost five years ago, that they have cancer. What advice would you give? I think the biggest thing to understand is you're you're not alone, uh, um, and it's scary, um, and and the unknown is is frightening, and you're gonna hear and read a lot of things that you don't necessarily want to, um, but there are it, it isn't a death sentence. Um, I think in the media and society, you know, we don't really hear about cancer things until someone's passing away or maybe those are really the things that, that, that stick with us for, so for myself, I really thought, you know, this is a death sentence. Um, and that's a, that's a scary place to, to be. But I think the biggest thing is knowing that you're not alone. I encourage you, uh, get to that place to talk to someone. And I talk to a lot of men and I know we're not very good at opening up and we don't want to show weakness and all that stuff, but set your ego aside. Um, and, and, and talk to someone. Um, I can't tell you how many men I've talked to that break down and they're crying because they're trying to be strong for, for their wives or their significant other. Hey, hey Marty, gotta, something gotta something happened. Something. Um, and you have to talk to someone. Yeah, I kind of sure. lost you there. Yes. Uh, can we redo the question? All of a sudden, it sounds like you went into a tunnel or something. No, we do. Hello? 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 Okay, I can hear you. Can you hear me? All, yeah, but you sound like you're underwater all of a sudden. <laughs> and you probably didn't move, did you? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there. Let me do the question over again, all right? Okay. Marty, as we wrap up, uh, I'd like to ask you a question that I ask most of my guests, and that is uh, someone may be tuning into this podcast that they themselves or someone that the listener cares deeply about may have just got the news that you got almost seven years ago, that I got five years ago, that they have colorectal cancer. 
What advice would you give that individual? I think the biggest piece that, that anyone needs to stand, uh, whether it's the patient or the caregiver, that, that you're not alone. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people um, in your same circumstance and in your, your, your same shoes. And you have to find those people and, and connect with those people, whether it's, it's through Facebook or, or the web or whatever outlet there is. And I know, um, you know, for my, myself as well, it took me a little while to get some momentum and get brave to, to talk to someone. But as hard as it may be to open up to, to a stranger, um, you know, we, we have a connection with, with survivors and, and other patients. Um, and I see the connection even with, with caregivers as well. Um, it, it's easier to talk to them, I think, and it's going to be so rewarding and make you feel so much better to know uh, that someone has, has gone through your, your experience and gone through your path. Um, so that, that would be my biggest piece of advice is, is, is to connect with someone and talk about it. Um, I know it's not easy, especially for, you know, have trouble about talking about our feelings and emotions and all those things. Um, through the buddy process, I've talked to a lot of men that, you know, they've broken down and, and gotten upset and they, they're so busy being strong and, and tough for their significant other or their wife or whoever it is. Um, but you got to let those feelings out. You got to face them and, and, and understand them. But know that there's hope and know that there's a life, um, after, after, uh, after cancer. Great advice and a great segue for me just to jump in since both you and I serve as buddies for the Colon Cancer Alliance for listeners that might not, uh, be a, uh, aware of the buddy program and aware of the resources that the Colon Cancer Alliance provides. I would invite you to visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website and that is at ccalliance.org and click on the link that says get support. And through that link, uh, you can find out how to uh, get connected with a buddy. There's also a toll-free patient support line that you can call. So if you are looking for any kind of information, if you were recently diagnosed and you're in that kind of panic mode, we've all been there, uh, don't try to go it alone. Pick up the phone, call the toll-free number. It is on the website and uh, get connected with a buddy. And that will make a big, big difference. And you'll also find information on the website uh, about the daily uh, uh, online chat group, which uh, is what I first found when I was diagnosed. And it was just a tremendous uh, support system for me when I went through the diagnosis. Well, Marty, I appreciate you taking the time uh, on this Saturday morning uh, and sharing your story. I wish you uh, continued, most importantly, good health. Uh, success and uh, and and just all good things in your future. Thank you, Lee. I, I appreciate the time with you as well. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.